Welcome to The Course Report, your real deal inside look into professional golf venues around the world. I'm Curtis Tyrell, Certified Golf Course Superintendent and Master Greenkeeper. I'm here to give you an inside look, a different perspective, the smooth and true facts. This week from Detroit Golf Club, home of the Rocket Mortgage Classic. We're going to talk to Head Golf Course Superintendent Jake Mendoza. We're going to get all the goods on this classic but new venue on the PGA Tour. It's time to get on the green. It's time for the course reports. Well, we've got a great episode of the course reports here today from Detroit, Michigan in the Rocket Mortgage Classic. I want to welcome Jake Mendoza, head golf course superintendent. Jake, welcome to the course reports. How you feeling? I'm feeling great. Sun is shining and it's not raining, which has been rare this spring for everybody, I think. I'm telling you what, what a spring you've had up there, huh? <laughs> Absolutely. We, we've been lucky, but uh, it's been wet and colder than normal. Oh man, I tell you, you know, you, you never know what you're going to get every year that, you know, that you're growing grass, but when you've got a big tournament like this, especially the first one at, at a new site, uh, I'm sure that adds to the pressure. Yes, definitely. There we're uh, learning every day what, uh, what our challenges are and already making notes for uh, next year and how we can improve on what we're doing right now. I hear that, man. I know there's a, a lot of notes to take, um, especially since this is the first, is this the first, uh, championship of this kind that's been at Detroit golf club? Uh, yes, it is. Yes, it is. They've had a, a smaller events in the past, but nothing of this nature. Right. So let's, we're going to get into all that here in a minute, but I want to just backtrack a little bit and talk about your background, where you're from and what, uh, was your pathway leading to Detroit golf club? Well, I grew up in uh, Western Illinois, uh, right next to uh, John Deere corporate headquarters in uh, Moline, Quad Cities area. Um, kind of fell into the business by accident. Um, one of my neighbors was the assistant superintendent at the local club. He stopped by one day and asked me if I needed a summer job. I said yes, didn't ask what it was, and <laughs> went, to, went to work the next day and just absolutely loved it. I, I uh, stuck with it all through college, but I thought I wanted to do some other fields of study and uh you know finally realized i'm i'm enjoying working on the golf course more than going to school so i uh did everything i could to make a career of it and uh the superintendent i was working for at the time helped me get into rutgers and that le led me to uh, a great internship out of wingfoot and ultimately to uh working with you at medina yeah, you know, I, I don't know how many of our listeners know that, that we worked together for 10 years. You were, uh, I hired you on our team right when I started. So we spent full 10 seasons together working there and we went through quite a bit together. You know, you were hired as an assistant superintendent. And by the time we parted, you were the senior superintendent over the whole property working side by side with me. And uh, you had a lot of experiences uh, at, at Medina, as did I. In fact, we had them together, didn't we? <laughs> yes, we did. Yes, we did. There was a lot going on. Uh, it was a fun time, but we were, we were busy the whole time. Yeah, you know, I mean, when you work at a place like Medina, you know, you started and you, you had a progressive pathway right on up through uh, the whole program there. And then 
you went on to Detroit Golf Club. So what's that like? I mean, how how was that that process at Medina in terms of preparing you for Detroit? Do you felt like it prepared you well? Yes, absolutely. Um, for what we're dealing with at the moment right now, that Ryder Cup experience and going through the, the tournament prep, the build-out, all that stuff has been key. Uh, I'm the only one on site that's been through an event like this. So I've, I'm doing everything I can to mentor the, the pro and the GM and all of the other departments through this whole process. And without going through that experience with you for the uh, Miracle of Medina Ryder Cup, I, I think uh, it'd be much tougher. Yeah, I tell you what, that, you know, when you think about it that way, that nobody on site other than you has been through something of that size. Um, that's a lot to a lot to go through. How's the stress level around the club in terms of your colleagues and the rest of the employees? Uh, we're definitely all feeling it. Uh, I think um, just the size and scope of the work that is going on right now is uh, blowing everybody's mind. Everybody had a, an idea of what, what this process entailed but they didn't realize how big it was actually going to be. And I bet a lot more hours than everybody anticipated. I mean, uh, you know, you and I have talked over the last few days and said, so I, I clearly get it, but I mean, are you guys around the clock pretty much sun up to sundown? Yes, we are. Um, and unfortunately here in Michigan, that's, uh, <laughs> some very late nights We're uh, you know, still have people out golfing at nine o'clock at night. So it's, uh, it, it does allow us plenty of time to get our work done, but very long days. You know, that's the funny thing you mentioned that, that mo a lot of people don't realize. Not only are you you prepping for the, the best players in the world and and uh, national television and, and uh, spectators of 20,000 or a day or however many you're going to have, but you still got your members out there playing golf. Yes, absolutely. We, we actually still have members playing golf on the South Course today. Uh, event week starts tomorrow and – We've still got uh, a place for them to play, which is nice. Everybody's very appreciative of that, except for the uh, contractors that are doing the build-out. They're a little stressed by the additional traffic out there, but everybody's uh, working together and making it happen for the members to still have their golf course to play. You know, that's kind of one of the keys to uh, a country club having a, a successful event is being a multi-course facility where the members can still go about, uh, you know, as it is relative, you know, regular business and get to play, but also host a, a big event like this. That's, that's really what it takes to do it, isn't it? Yes, absolutely. We're, uh, we're learning quickly that, um, even 36 holes isn't enough space for everybody to, to coexist happily. It is a tight site you've got up there. Um, you know, there's not a, not a lot of room around you. Um, what's the logistics been like trying to manage all the, the trucks and, and, um, and people in and out of there as you prep for tournament week? Uh, it, it's actually worked out much better than I expected. Uh, we, we have a separate uh, contractor entrance so that the members are inconvenienced as little as possible. Uh, most of the build-out has come in through that uh, south entrance, and uh, we've got a nice compound built for those guys to all share and kind of keep them away from members. Um, all of the build-out is right off of our main service road, so it's been a a blessing with the, uh, as we talked about earlier, the wet spring we've had, they've been able to get out and keep working, even though we've had some sloppy conditions. Right, right. Well, you know, like you said, uh, logistically, you go through it this first year, and you learn a tremendous amount, which is going to make it 
uh, easier for you in the coming years. And you said that you've got a four-year contract for this term. Is that right? Yep, that's correct. Four years and hopefully longer. Well, you know, that's, yeah, exactly. That I'm sure everybody's going to love the place. In fact, I know they will. How's the turf coming along? It's about time to tee it up. How do you feel about all the, the turf out there? Oh, I feel great right now. Our, uh, all the playing surfaces are looking really good. I think people are going to be shocked at how good these greens are. Uh, most, most of them are very close to the original Donald Ross greens. There's a ton of undulation. Uh, they're rolling nice and smooth. I think these guys are really going to have fun putting on these things. Oh, man. I tell you what. You know, I was there about a month ago with you. They were in excellent shape then. I can only imagine what they must be like right now. So how about the fairways and the rough? Is everything thickened up the way you want it and, and you feel good? Yeah, I'm feeling good. I, I wish the rough was a little bit longer, a little bit thicker, but uh, with all the rain, it's been tough to keep things growing. Uh, you know, fertilizer's blowing through much faster than anticipated. So all stuff that we're learning uh, this year and we'll uh, change and tweak and make better for next year. Have you had any of the pros out to play a practice round? Uh, we only had one guy come out uh, about two weeks ago, uh, but we're starting to see some more traffic today. Um, and tomorrow we're expecting an extremely busy day for practice rounds. Uh, we'll have the course ready for the guys at 630, and we expect them to still be out there till about 930 at night. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, I'm sure they're going to take full advantage of that daylight just like you are right now. Absolutely. Uh, it's exciting. We're, uh, we've got some weather uh, issues to get through tomorrow, but once we get through that, it looks like a, a good week of weather. We should have some great conditions for these guys. Is there anything in particular that you, you've got planned for the last few days in terms of conditioning, or do you pretty much have everything where you want? I mean, is there a practice that you, you're still trying to fit in, whether it be any top dressing, double mowings, uh, fertilization, anything like that? Uh, we've pretty much got everything where we want it. We're just tweaking uh, mower techniques and uh, working with our, uh, our staff to make sure that we're executing to the highest level. No major changes expected. Being a first-year event, we're, we're kind of playing everything by ear. We've got a, an idea of where we want uh, to be speed-wise, but that could all change based on player feedback during the practice round and uh, throughout the first couple days of the event. Right. Well, you talked about trying to execute at the highest level. So let, let's talk more specifically about your team. The guys that you have out there, they're obviously putting in a lot of hours right now, uh, working on adrenaline. They, they're getting excited? Yes, everybody's getting very excited. Uh, I've got a lot of guys that haven't been around golf a whole lot. So seeing all of the outside the ropes activity, all of the uh, signs and tents going up and uh, they're they're doing a lot of uh, very exciting things to make it a very just Detroit centric event from the, the Joe Lewis fist to the uh, spirit of Detroit statue. There's, there's all kinds of activity outside the ropes and people are, are pumped to be uh, putting on a show for everybody that's out here to watch them. Yeah. That's, that's gotta be fun. They've got to be excited seeing, seeing all the action. Who is helping uh, communicate and manage the execution, you know, inside the ropes? You know, your your hands are on everything. You're you're getting calls about everything from, from fence line to fence line. But who's out there inside the ropes making sure the guys are doing exactly what you want? Uh, that would be Evan Herbin, the North Corps superintendent, and two of our assistants, Marco Mel and Adam LaFrance. 
Uh, they're handling everything inside the ropes on the uh, tournament course. And then we've got Kenny Egler, our South Course Superintendent, managing our uh, practice area. We've got a, a, a unique setup for practice area. Our member driving range isn't quite big enough, so we're actually using uh, about six holes of the South Course as our practice area. So it's a, a very big spread out practice area that takes a whole separate team to manage. How does that communication from the point where you hand off a set of directions to them and then how do they give you the feedback and, and, and what's that cycle like? Oh, just constant communication. We're always talking back and forth. Uh, it can't be a one-way conversation. They need to you know, be taking the information, giving it out and reporting back at all times. It's uh, it's a lot to manage, but we're I feel like we're doing a really good job. We're all on the same page. Uh, the biggest thing is having a, an organized plan coming into this week so that we're not overwhelmed by the situation. It just feels like work is normal. No, no changes to what we're doing. Right. Right. And how much of that plan, I mean, what, what success rate are you, would you say you are uh, hitting that plan to inside the ropes? I'd say we're, we're about 75%. Uh, we're learning uh, some tips and tricks from uh, our PGA agronomist and other on-site officials and tweaking things a little bit as we go, but we're, I would say we're about, you know, 75% of what we're doing is on track. Man, that's great. So you, you mentioned the PGA agronomist, when did they arrive on site? Uh, they arrived on site this past Monday, Monday of advance week. And, uh, we've been working very closely with them throughout the whole week. Would you say that when they got there, that the conditions and, and the, the projects that, uh, they had been you guys have been communicating about were pretty much where they wanted them or were there some things that popped up when they arrived? Uh, for the most part, everything was right where they wanted it. Uh, a few minor changes, just um, bunker raking style, minor tweaks to our mowing patterns, uh, adding some backtrack double cuts and changing our roller. Uh, we, we have one roller on site, but they brought in uh, a different roller that they would prefer us to use. So we're, we're working through that with them to figure out which roller is the best option for us. You know, I think what's amazing about that kind of process is it really is just a testament and congratulations to you and your team for being so organized and on top of it that those guys can come in one week before the tournament and say, you know, here, run this play or here, try this piece of equipment. And you guys are able to just easily adapt and fit it in and meet their needs. So congratulations on that. You know, the greens, as you mentioned, have a lot of movement in them. I mean, you got some really classic shaping out for for a really old golf course you think the greens are going to be running at or what's your target uh, our target is uh 12 and a half and i think we'll hit that easily uh we'll see if the uh 12 and a half is too fast with like you said the undulation is uh pretty intense on quite a few of these greens so they may have to be uh may have to pull in the reins a little bit as we get going you know, it, it very well could be. And I think that a lot of people, when they watch a broadcast, they, they hear numbers kind of thrown out there about green speeds. And it's really um, misleading in some respects. 12 and a half, a true 12 and a half is lightning fast. And you put a 12 and a half on those greens with that movement. I wouldn't be surprised if they're begging for mercy. <laughs> yeah, that that is true. They There are a handful of greens that at that speed are going to be a challenge to find a good pinnable location. So it's, it's going to be interesting to see how, uh, how the course is set up this week and how they handle some of these slopes. 
what kind of speed do you typically put out, you know, for your member guest or your bigger member events? Uh, member guests, we try to be around 11 and a half, uh, creeping up to 12, but we don't want to make the round too miserable. We want to we'll keep it light and fun. So, you know, the sweet spot's about 11, 10. Uh, if we're there, we're, we're very happy with that. You know, I've always felt like, you know, the, the, the sign of a really healthy quality putting green is one that you could ramp up to say 12 and a half, like you're doing for the rocket mortgage classic. But then the Monday after you just kind of, you know, pull the throttle back down and there are no worse for the wear, no, no significant setbacks in any way. Uh, do you feel like your greens are in that position of health that, uh, for the rest of the season for your members, there'll be no issues if you take them that fast? Yes, absolutely. I think, uh, Green's health right now is right where we want it to be. I think we'll be able to push a little bit to get get what we want out of the tournament week and be right back to member play as soon as we're done. Hey, that's awesome. I mean, and granted, a lot of that has to do with weather and, and you've got to have the right, you know, windows to help you do that. But you also got to be doing the right things, you know, at other times of the year to improve it. So, you know, you've been there a little over a year now, right? Yep, that's correct. Uh, about 18 months now. Okay, and what kind of strategies are have you been implying on the greens in order to build them up in terms of just uh, strength, health, and and preparedness for this event? Uh, top dressing, top dressing, top dressing. You know, the the frequent light top dressing is uh, the biggest key to maintaining them the way we want to maintain them. Improving the firmness, improving surface drainage, uh, getting a little bit of uh, thatch dilution with the top dressing uh, and also some aggressive uh, venting or needle tining, keeping everything breathing and uh, tweaking our uh, irrigation management, uh -huh. uh, making sure that we're uh, maintaining a healthy uh, moisture level, but uh, not, not too wet, not too dry, keeping them right where, where we're comfortable pushing them without causing any unneeded stress. Right. Right. Well, that's, that's awesome. Those, those are some great points for, for people that may not, may not get that. The, there's a lot of things that go into it and it's irrigation, it's, it's gas exchange, it's, it's cultivation and management of organic matter. So it's multifaceted and uh, can't wait to see what they look like on, on TV next week. Uh, in our video, we talked about the drainage of the property and you mentioned that you're expecting a rain event. Uh, are they wet? Are you, are you overly concerned about this rain event or is it just something that you just kind of got to get through it and you think that they're going to dry up and play nice and firm for the event? Uh, it is something that we are watching very closely. Uh, we can, we can take a little bit of rain, but if we get, uh, much more than what they're forecasting, we'll be, we'll be a little bit wetter and softer than we hoped. Um, the, the bones of the drainage are excellent. It just needs some uh, additional pipe out there, some perforated pipe, some uh, subsurface drainage to keep that water table a little bit lower. And, you know, you've been there 18 months and you're you're working on it. Those kind of things don't happen overnight. But I can tell from from the time I was out there that you've made uh, some really great progress. And uh, I'm excited for you to have some dry weather this week and, and to see what happens on all those uh, undulated fairways, because there's some cool stuff going on out there. Not a lot of flat lies. No, none at all. Um, fairways have almost as much movement as the greens. It, it, uh, from, from one end of the property to the other is relatively flat, but in between there's no flat surface. There, there's no major elevation change, but there's a ton of minor 
rolls and bumps and humps all over the place on the fairways. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, it's really cool. And, and the viewers are going to really enjoy watching it. And um, I'm sure the, uh, the guys broadcasting will pick up on it because the, the balls will be kicking in places they probably don't expect. And it's going to be neat. People are really going to enjoy it. You mentioned about the uh, outside of the rope stuff and you've got a few different activities going on that, that are part of this inaugural rocket mortgage classic, like area three, one, three. So can you just tell our listeners a little bit about what's happening? If you're going to be on site, what they could see and what the viewers might be able to um, tie into as they're watching next weekend. Yeah. Area three, one, three is the uh, main hub of our uh, spectator experience on the golf course. Uh, it's a great stretch of holes. It's a par five, par three, and par four uh, all in a row. Uh, the idea behind the 313 area is uh, 313 is Detroit. That's our area code. Um, very identifiable. Uh, people are proud to have that 313 phone number. Um, so the idea is if a pro can go eagle, ace, birdie, through that stretch and it doesn't have to be cumulative just the first person to go 313 throughout the whole tournament week wins the 313 challenge uh the winner will get three hundred and thirteen thousand dollars donated to charity in their name uh, it's a huge support to uh our specific area half of that money will go to uh charities within the city of detroit so it's very exciting for for everybody involved not only the uh extra competition for the players but all the uh, charities involved as well well yeah i tell you it's really exciting to see the motor city's excitement about this event and all the participation uh within the community and quicken loans and the rocket mortgage team really just diving in with both feet yeah i think this is going to be an amazing spectator experience that like we talked about that area 313 is the main hub there are a ton of viewing areas around that corporate hospitality areas, uh, public bleachers. And the, one of the coolest things is from, from all of those, uh, areas, you can see more than just one hole. Uh, there's some areas where you can see the guys play into 14 green, play all of 15, the par three and hit their first two shots on 16, all without having to leave your, your viewing spot. Uh, so it's, it's a very tight, hopefully loud, rowdy atmosphere there. Oh, yeah. I tell you, uh, when I was out there with you, you could, you know, they were just starting to put it all up and uh, I can only imagine what it's what it's going to be like. How many spectators do you anticipate having each day? I, I think we'll be around uh, 16,000 a day, maybe a little bit more. Uh, the weekend just officially sold out. So we'll, we'll see a little bit bigger crowd then. Uh, That's awesome. I'm excited to, to see how the city responds and how, how well they support us. We've got a great uh, sports-centric uh, uh, community here, and I think people are going to be very excited. Oh, yeah, no doubt about it. How's the field shaping up? I know that uh, Ricky Fowler is, is the host associated with Rocket Mortgage Classic. You got some other good guys lined up to play? Yeah, we've got a really strong field. We've got uh, Dustin Johnson, Xander Shoffley, um, obviously Ricky Fowler, uh, we've got a, a really strong field. Uh, I'm excited to see these guys out here. Man, that's awesome. And, and your membership, let's talk about them. You know, we, we mentioned briefly at the beginning about what it takes for a membership to commit to something like this. Are they getting excited? Uh, they've got to, they've got to have a lot of adrenaline flowing themselves now. Yes, they are very excited. Uh, it's a great opportunity to show off their 
their pride and joy. The, um, the club is a, a big club, but it's not necessarily a, a well-known club. And I think this event is really going to put us on the map in the golf world. But we've got two amazing uh, golf courses. South course is a uh, almost untouched Donald Ross design. And then the tournament course, uh, which you'll see on TV, is a wonderful layout. Uh, members are real excited to have the uh, publicity and let other people see what they see on a daily basis. You and I did this video and it's up on YouTube now. The channel's called The Course Reports and the show is called The Course Reports On Site. And we went into the kind of the behind the scenes stuff a lot, a lot like we're talking about here today. Um, Jake, I just want to thank you very much for your willingness to be on that show and your willingness to take time out of your busy schedule. I mean, you're literally, literally working 16, 17 hours a day. And um, I know this is really valuable time and, and all our listeners appreciate it. So best of luck to you. Um, it's going to be a great week. We can't wait to watch it and uh, look forward to uh, catching up with you when it's all over. All right. Well, thanks for having me on. I appreciate you taking the time to chat today. And, you know, on the video, I just want to let, let you know that the membership here absolutely loved it. They uh, were a little intimidated by the 18-minute runtime, but they said they couldn't turn it off, and they've actually gone back and rewatched it. They they got a lot out of it, and they were excited to see it. Yeah, you know, I mean, when we first started this thing, so I have uh, Chris Logan Harley is the director of photography, and he's my partner in this thing. And when we first started, we thought we were going to be somewhere between five and seven minutes. You know, so our first episode was at Bethpage. We thought we'll produce something five and seven minutes, and it turned out to be. 17 minutes you know and then we knew when we got to your place it was going to be hard to be uh anything less than that but you know we feel like the the pace and the energy keeps people interested so i'm i'm happy to hear that but you know there's just so much of a story to tell you know that's the whole goal of the podcast and on site is to really bring to the golfing public the ins and outs of what it takes to do what you're doing and and bring to the to the public people like you that are working hard to to bring that venue forward so again Thank you very much, and best of luck this week. Thank you very much. Well, I got to tell you, that was a real special opportunity for me to both record with Jake Mendoza this podcast as well as film the course reports on site at his golf club, Detroit Golf Club. It was, uh, you know, Jake and I have worked together for a long time, and I really enjoyed making uh, both of those episodes with Jake and his team. A big thank you for his time and effort in getting that done as well as the members of Detroit golf club and everybody that was involved in allowing that and making that to happen. So um, don't, don't forget to tune in and watch that event. It's going to be great. Uh, you don't want to miss it. There's some really great golf holes out there and uh, it's definitely going to be worth a look. Uh, in fact, a long look all weekend long for that matter. Uh, but let's just take a quick minute and jump around the rest of the professional golf venues this week. The LPGA Tour is going to be in Northwest Arkansas for the Walmart Northwest Arkansas Championship presented by P&G. They're going to be playing it at Pinnacle Country Club in Rogers, Arkansas. And Winston Turpin is the superintendent there. And those guys are going to be playing on Zoysia Fairways and Bentgrass Greens. Tough place in the country to grow grass down there in Northwest Arkansas but certainly one of the most beautiful parts of the country and some great golf that is not really well known. So definitely check out the Walmart Northwest Arkansas Championship. 
the Champions Tour and the seniors this week are headed to the U.S. Senior Open. So they're on a major string here, uh, one, two, three in a row, this time at Warren Golf Course at Notre Dame University in Indiana. Matt Seelan is the superintendent. He's going to be growing some bents and some poa and some blue on top of a core and Crenshaw golf course that was opened in 1999. So you definitely want to be checking that out. Uh, major championship on the senior tour. And the web.com tour, or maybe it's called the Corn Ferry Tour now. I'm not sure if they've officially changed that name. I know that they've officially said they're changing it. But uh, anyway, uh, they're going to be in Farmington, Utah at Oak Ridge Country Club playing the Utah Championship presented by Zion Bank. And Wesley York is a superintendent out there near Salt Lake City. So they're going to have some bent, some blue, and some poa out there for sure. Um, one of the longest running uh, venues on the web.com tour with a really uh, prestigious list of champions. So you want to check that out. So the European tour is going to be playing the Estrella Dam NA and the Lucia Masters at Real Club Valderrama in Soto Grande, Spain, home of the 1997 Ryder Cup. One of RTJ Senior's European classics. Certainly fun to watch that golf course. Anytime it's on television, you don't want to miss that. Hey, so the podcast is going great. We really appreciate all of you listening. Please continue to do so. Um, and, you know, hey, if you're in the business, pass it around to your members and your, your golfing family and friends. Uh, encourage everybody to subscribe and share and get this information out to the golfer. We're hoping that everything that we're talking about and putting in our videos is going to make the golfers playing and viewing experience better and promote the hardworking people that make it happen each week. So again, we really appreciate it. Don't miss the course reports on site on the YouTube channel. Great stuff with Jake Mendoza, as we already talked about. We got another episode in the works right now. Uh, Pre-production is uh, in place and uh, we're gonna have that up for you soon. Really looking forward to that. And uh, everybody please again, subscribe to that YouTube channel. All right, enough plugs. Thanks so much. The Course Report, signing out.